All right, Celtics fans, we are back with another episode of Boston Celtics Game Day Recap. I'm your host, Guy DiPolcito, and this is the first off-season podcast uh, following the Celtics collapse in the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, tonight is the opening night of the NBA Finals. The Celtics are not playing, uh, but we want to dive into some of the off-season stuff. Today, Brad Stevens uh, dove into his press conference, confirmed that Joe Missoula is returning. I know a lot of people uh, kept calling for Joe's job, and it's not happening. I said it on this podcast. It, was, it wasn't happening. It's been confirmed by Brad now. So we're diving into this season, uh, basically putting together a completely new coaching staff. Uh, rumor leaked today that three assistant coaches are leaving to go with Ime. Uh, those are Ben Sullivan, Aaron Miles, and Mike Moser. That leaves the Celtics bench very empty. Uh, we already lost Will Hardy from last year's staff. We already lost Damon Sotomayor, uh, and now we're losing three more. None of those other guys were replaced, so Joe's staff is virtually empty. Uh, Brad talked about adding a veteran assistant to the staff. Uh, he didn't mention any of the three assistant coaches rumored to leave because again it is a rumor nothing is confirmed nothing is set in stone but i wouldn't be surprised if that's what happened uh so with that being said joe bazula is basically going to have his say brad stevens i'm sure is going to weigh in a little bit uh but a lot of the things that celtics fans criticized joe of all season long uh, was the, I guess, non-emphasis on defense, putting most of the emphasis on the offensive side. I would not be shocked if he goes out and he finds a defensive-minded assistant coach, puts him in that first chair, now that basically all of the chairs are now empty. Uh, so expect that to happen, right? That would be number one priority. But there are a lot of things. This is going to be an offseason that is very weird. Uh, I'm expecting it to be pretty quiet, but also pretty loud at the same time. And what I mean by that, there are going to be a lot of fans, and there are already a lot of, are a lot of fans that are pretty much being dumb. And they're saying that they need to blow up the team. They needed to fire Joe. They need to start from scratch, all because they lost. Uh, and the comment that gets me the most is, it's clear that this isn't working. What's clear is that you have a team that has made it to the Eastern Conference Finals a bunch, made it to the finals, and are now sitting here, you know, and a lot of people are saying that it's not working. The fact of the matter is, it is working, right? Teams that aren't working do not play deep into the playoffs. The Celtics are there almost every year. And are there adjustments that can be made are there tweaks in the lineup that can be made that can put this team over absolutely tweaks you don't need to go out and shake things up drastically because the fact of the matter is we were one game away from a second back-to-back -back nba finals appearance 
So this isn't a situation where you're going in and blowing up the team. It would be stupid to. So there's a couple things that I want to talk about here. Number one, Jalen Brown. Everybody keeps talking about Jalen Brown and how they need to get rid of him, how they need to trade him because it's not worth giving the Supermax to. He is a top 15 player in the league, right? He got all NBA. He's going to demand a Supermax. And you're going to give it to him. If you're the Celtics, you're absolutely bringing him on on that deal. Now, a lot of people are also saying, why don't you sign and trade him? Give him the Supermax, trade him somewhere else. If you do sign him to a Supermax, there is a 12-month period where you cannot touch his contract. You cannot trade him. So if they sign him to a Supermax, he's here, right? So I am not expecting Jalen Brown to be moved. Again, I don't think that the core of this team is going to move. And when I say the core, I'm saying Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, Derek White. All of those probably off the table as far as moves go. Now, I'm not saying that I'm not entertaining trade options for Marcus Smart or Derek White. However, I don't think that you're going to trade them away and get equal value back, especially Marcus Smart. Frankly, I just think he has a, a bigger role on our team than he would have anywhere else. And whether or not people want to agree with that or not is a different story. But for me, it makes the most sense to bring both both of those guards back. Where this gets sticky is Malcolm Brogdon. Now, he won sixth man of the year this year, uh, but he was the third best guard on the team. Third best point guard, essentially, right? And because he was there and because the depth at the guard position was so deep with Smart, White, and Brogdon, you also push guys like Peyton Pritchard really back to the, the end of the bench, and he didn't see any time. I would not be surprised if the Celtics opted to move Malcolm Brogdon. Now, you need to make sure you can go out and get good value for him. Uh, but this is a this is a guy. I mean, he's coming off of a six-man-of-the-year season. Like, it's very apparent that the guy has value in this league. The big thing that the Celtics need at this point is addition at the, the big-man position. We saw it in the playoffs. Al Horford played really well through most of it. You know, towards the end of the playoffs, he struggled. It was very clear that the Celtics played Al Horford way too many minutes. But frankly, who else are you going to play? Robert Williams had a stomach bug in game seven, not using it as an excuse. That's the reason he played 14 minutes. I didn't find that out until after the game. Hence why I talked about Robert Williams only playing 14 minutes and how that was a mistake in game seven after they lost that game. Uh, but Al Horford was forced to play 34 minutes in that game seven. And he played a lot of minutes this postseason. Why? Because Robert Williams can't play that much. And honestly, once you take Al Horford out, you don't really have a huge backup for him. So the Celtics really have an opportunity to shop Brogdon and bring back a big guy that can really help. And that, I think, is a huge need for this Celtics team. Because next year, 
I would not be surprised to see Robert Williams move into that starting role, try to keep the minutes low. You can still do the whole load management thing with them, but I wouldn't be surprised if he go, if he moves back into that starting role and you start to see Al Horford kind of take a little bit more of a backseat. Al Horford realistically needs to be around 20 minutes a game. He cannot be playing 34 minutes, 30 plus minutes each game because you're putting him in a tough spot where he's going to be gassed by the end of the season. And frankly, he gets tired at the end of the games. Like I'm not, I'm not knocking Al Horford. I think overall this postseason he played really well. He played really, really well against Philly, but this is a situation where, you know, he's 36 this year. He's only getting older, right? How's another year going to look on him? Uh, and a lot of people are even saying that he might retire. I don't really think that's true. He has one more year on his contract. I don't think that changes. Uh, one thing that does change is you have Danilo Gallinari. Not really a, a big man, but he can go in and play that four role a little bit. That Al Horford, you know, frankly, did play a decent amount. But you still are left in a position where you need someone that can go out and play that five. Now, Grant Williams, whether or not they bring him back is a different story. I think that's going to be an entirely separate podcast at this point. Uh, you've got Grant Williams. You've got Robert Williams. Those are your main bigs. Like, I do not think you're going to see Blake Griffin in a Celtics uniform next year. I don't think you're going to see I, – I just don't think you're going to see much from Cornette. Maybe Muscala comes back and they run it back with him. They have him on contract already. So, sure, I mean, maybe you roll with those guys, but you still need a legitimate backup center because Muscala, Cornette aren't those guys. Muscala, I do think, has value on this team as another guy that can go out, stretch the floor, still defend the pick and roll pretty well uh, and give you meaningful meaningful minutes. But at the end of the day, the Celtics still need a little bit more depth at that center position because Cornette isn't the answer for that. Blake Griffin isn't the answer for that. Robert Williams could be the answer for that, but he's never healthy. So you can't really bank on him being the answer for that. Grant Williams is, you know, frankly, just too small to be your backup center. You need someone with size to do it. So that to me is the the big issue that the Celtics are kind of running into. We had a, a three-headed monster at guard, but then you have Peyton Pritchard so far deep on the bench that he never saw the floor. And you kind of had a log jam at center. You didn't have a lot of talent at that center position that can go out there and defend at a high level but can also contribute on the offensive end. Robert Williams, he doesn't, he's not a shooter by any means, but he contributes on the offensive end because he's a lob threat, because he's a really good passer. He might not be a good screener, but on the pick and roll, he is effective, right? Because guys need to stay on him because he can elevate and get to the top of the rim. So there are still a lot of like needs that the Celtics have. A lot of it centers around big men. There's a, an immense depth of talent at the guard position. Unfortunately, I think Brogdon is on the outside of that. You know, Derek White proved this season, proved this playoffs, that he is a force to be reckoned with. 
know, a lot of people would say he's the third best player on the team, and it's not even close. A lot of people are joking. Well, I don't know if they actually believe this or they're just dumb, uh, but they were saying that he's the second best player on the team above Jalen Brown. That to me, very idiotic, but you know, some people aren't the brightest and they're going to be a, a prisoner of the moment. Jalen Brown didn't have a good game. Frankly, Derek White played pretty well in game seven, but you're not going to say that he's better than Jalen Brown just because he did that. It's dumb. Uh, with that being said, though, there is something to say about having too many guards and not enough big men. There's also something to say about the fact the Celtics, frankly, don't have a lot of depth at the wing position. Gallinari is going to solve some of that, but that really, did, like, again, he missed an entire season. We don't even know how he's going to come back and look. He might come back, he might look horrible. He might come back and look like, He's the guy that's going to solve a lot of the Celtics' problems. We don't know the answer to that yet. But what we do know is he has never been, you know, a guy that's going to go out and play center. He's not going out and playing even a small ball five, frankly. Like, he's got size, but he's not strong enough. He's not built enough to bang down low. Grant Williams, you know, he's short, but he's stocky. He's sturdy. He's a tough guy to move around. So I wouldn't be surprised if Grant gets a slightly bigger role if he even is brought back, right? This is a, it's a tough situation with Grant Williams because his contract is just something that he's looking to make a lot of money. And frankly, <laughs> I don't know if he's going to get it. I really don't. Like the money that he's looking for, he – supposedly turned down you know 15 mil a year because he wanted 20 he didn't play on it for honestly joe didn't even give him enough time to even show that he's worth 15 joe sat him far too much that was one gripe that i had with joe this season i thought grant should have played a bigger role but you've got horford getting older now you probably have him moving to the bench it opens up a door for Grant Williams to get more time. So we'll see where things kind of shake up here. But if Brogdon were to leave, now it leaves the door open for, you know, do you bring a guy like Peyton Pritchard back? Do you try to get him involved in the offense more? Do you try to give Peyton Pritchard something, right? Because the fact of the matter is, he does deserve some playing time. Like he is very passionate about this game. Brad Stevens talked about it today. There are guys that love the game of basketball and there are guys that are obsessed with the game of basketball. And Peyton Pritchard is obsessed with the game of basketball. And frankly, it, it hurts watching him sitting on the bench, not getting time. Obviously, Malcolm Brogdon is a better basketball player than Peyton Pritchard. Not going to argue that, right? I don't. I don't question Joe Mazzulla's judgment. I don't question the fact that Peyton Pritchard didn't get time. But moving Brogdon, bringing in someone that can help at that center position, could free up an opportunity for Peyton Pritchard to get more time. I'm not saying you know Peyton Pritchard last year with Ime went out there and and scorched the earth, but he had a role on this team. 
even with Brad Stevens, he had a role on this team. So to me, it would be nice to watch Peyton Pritchard get that time. And honestly, with the new CBA rules, you know, things are getting harder. If the Celtics sign Jalen Brown to a Supermax, you've got Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown commanding upwards of 70% of the cap. You need guys on cheaper deals. You need guys on cheaper contracts at the end of the bench that can perform. Peyton Pritchard has shown that he can perform, and he's also on a smaller contract. So moving on from a guy like Brogdon could be a really good answer to keeping the Celtics, you know, depth at a position that you want their depth at. You know, trade Brogdon, bring in a guy at the center position, makes a little bit less than Brogdon, give Peyton Pritchard a little bit of time to shine, build him into a guy that's getting 10, 12 minutes a game. He might want to stay here. And if he wants to stay here, it gives the Celtics more of an opportunity to keep that core alive uh, with both of the Jays. Because frankly, you need guys that are going to take less money or just demand less money because they're not high, I don't know, high usage players. Peyton Pritchard's not that guy, right? So we could go out and roll with him in a, a smaller usage system, 10, 15. I don't think he's going to get too many more than 15 minutes a game. But if you can get him to that, he might be happy in that role, especially if he like actually has a role, contributes to the team. He might want to stay. He might want to you know, potentially win a championship, win an NBA Finals with this team. So that's where my head's at at this point. Joe Mazzulla has a very big job this offseason, putting together a coaching staff. Brad Stevens, while there's not going to be a ton of movement, at least in my eyes, there is going to be some. I think the Celtics need to focus on getting an additional big man that can you know, really spell Al Horford's minutes because we don't really know what we're going to get from him. I think the goal needs to be to re-sign Jalen Brown. Needs to be to re-sign Jalen Brown. Uh, and then, again, if you can do something with Grant, if you can get Grant back to a comfortable spot Honestly, phase out Al Horford a little bit, get him down 15, 20 minutes a game. You want him to be around that 20-minute mark. Give Grant more minutes. He deserves some playing time. You don't need to stretch all these guys super thin. And then with Gallo coming back, again, don't know what you're getting with him either, but it just adds to your depth. Gallo could have been that guy that kind of put the Celtics over the edge here. Uh, Unfortunately, didn't work out that way. So be it. Right, It is what it is, but at this point, there's a lot of things that the Celtics can do to improve, but there's a lot of things that the Celtics don't need to do. That's what I mean. Like It could be a very quiet offseason where the core does not get shaken up much, uh, but it could be loud because a lot of fans are going to be you know, crying for it. So we'll see where this offseason takes us. As always... I'm going to continue to be fairly quiet over the offseason. This is a, a game day recap podcast, as the as the title says. So most of this is focused on game day stuff. But as trades happen across the league, we'll continue to update. As 
you know, press conferences happen as exit interviews potentially happen. Uh, I'll hop on here. I'll talk about what's happening. Uh, that's where we're going to wrap things up for today, guys. If you haven't done so already, make sure to follow me on Twitter at NBA Celtics guy. Uh, make sure to follow our Facebook page, Boston Celtics till I die. Post a lot on that. Uh, and our YouTube page, Boston Celtics game day recap. And if you haven't done so already, rate and review the podcast. It's the end of season recap. Go in five-star written review. Tell everyone why you love me. And if you don't love me, say it anyway. I don't care. Five-star written review puts, pushes me up in the uh, the algorithm. So anyone searching for Celtic, Celtic stuff sees my name, sees my face. Everything greatly appreciated. Have a great night, Celtics fans. We'll talk soon. Yeah, you couldn't help it. I know you felt it. Green and white, white and green. Who are we to Celtics? Who are we to this podcast is brought to you by Hopewell Hemp Farms. Hopewell Hemp Farms is your only source for the highest quality American-grown hemp products. If you're like me and love to be active, whether that's playing in an adult softball or basketball league, or your level of activity is limited to yard work, one thing is for certain. As you get older, joints start to hurt. Well, I turn to Hopewell Hemp Farms Body Butter to relax those joints and their amazing tinctures to help me fall asleep. Check them out at HopewellHempFarms.com today and stock your nightstand the only way I know how. Looking for an agent to help you buy or sell real estate? George Dimas at PD Properties is the agent for you. Sell now for a flat 3% commission on the sales price. PD Properties utilizes the most current marketing techniques and strive to put more money in your pocket. If you're looking to buy, call now and George will be with you every step of the way until you find a property you're able to call home. Serving the North Shore and beyond, call George Dimas with PD Properties today at 781-913-2290. That's 781-913-2290.